In the second reading, we are told to walk as children of the light and to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. The second reading in today's sermon text is from Ephesians, the fifth chapter. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord. Once you were darkness. That's what St. Paul wrote as part of his letter to the church that was in the Turkish town of Ephesus. He said to those people, once you were darkness, once you were in the dark, once you didn't know anything about God, once you didn't know anything about the love of God, once you didn't know anything about Jesus or, or salvation, there was a time when you didn't know anything about how God wanted you to act. Once you were darkness. But now, he said, but now, you're light in the Lord. Those people had gone from darkness to light. We can say that something clicked. And now they were walking in the light. Because when light comes, good things happen. God said in the beginning, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. And the creation of the universe began. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. In John, a letter of John, he wrote, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When there is light, good things happen. I have two light stories for you this morning. The first one comes in two parts. The first uh, story took place on Christmas Eve, 1991, about 25 years ago. Christmas Eve at Peace Lutheran Church. It was dark outside. The church was full. Shar, you, Terry might have even been there. The church was dark except for four candles, the two altar candles, the Christ candle on the Advent wreath, and the candle that I was holding in my hand as I was preaching. And the sermon was about Christ, the light of the world, and how when there is light, good things happen, and that the light of Christ brings hope into people's lives. And I ended the sermon this way. If you have darkness in your life, take your Christmas candle home. Take it home. And when there is darkness, light that candle and let the light of Christ come back into your life and give you hope. I don't know how many people took their candles home that Christmas Eve, but I got two reports back. 
The first was from a, a lady in our church. She was in her early 30s, I guess. She was having a tough time with employment. She really wanted to, to be a pastor and go to seminary. But life was very tough for her. And she came in one day and she said, Pastor, I've been having a tough time lately. And so I got out my Christmas candle. And I lit it. And it brought peace and hope back into my life. Because when there is light, good things happen. The other report I got back about those Christmas candles was for a young man. He was a member of our church. His mom and dad were members of our church. But in that family, mom and dad often fought. And so the young man's life was full of stress and tension. And he came and told me one day, Pastor, my mom and dad were fighting. And so I got my Christmas Eve candle, and I lit it. And I went to mom and dad and said, Mom and dad, this is the light of Christ, and he wants you to stop fighting. And they did for a while. Because when there's light, good things happen. The second light story that I have took place in 2008 when Val and I were serving the church in Indonesia on Bali. A family in our church lived in a, in a strongly Hindu area. They were the only Christian family uh, in that area. And the husband of the family had been a Buddhist. But he accepted Christ, was a wonderful Christian, but he was very, very spiritually sensitive. And he came to me one day and said, Pastor, I want you to come to our house because there are, there's something wrong in our house. There are demons in our house, and I want you to drive them out. Now, they knew there were demons because they heard this music. The, the, there was a, a, a Balinese instrument called a gamelan, and a gamelan is like a xylophone. But the music is not nearly, nearly as attractive as a, as a xylophone. And they could hear this gamelan music at night. And so they wanted me to come and uh, bless the house and drive out the demons. So I went. Val and I went, and we, uh, I, I got a candle. I lit the candle. It was the Christ candle. And we went into every room. We brought the light of Christ into the room. We read the Bible, and we prayed. And then I asked them, how about this room? They said, it's okay. So we went to the next room, had the candle, brought the light of Christ into the room, read the Bible, prayed, how's this room? It was okay. We did the whole house that way. When we were done, he said it was pretty good, but there was still something in the house, but he didn't know what it was. Right after that, we went, we made our trip to America. We used to we, made, we went to America every eight months during our two years to go to America and do the laundry and see what was going on and then, <laughs> and then come back to Bali. And uh, when we came back, he invited us back because there was at least some evil spirits in the room, in the house. So we went back. And he told us this story. Their house was two stories, two floors high, 
and uh, they had some guest rooms that they would rent out, and you got into their guest rooms by way of a, a, of a, a balcony, and the balcony looked over into this big street um, next to their house. He had rented out the, a room to a woman. He said she was very psychic. She was very spiritually sensitive. And she told him that one night she was standing on the balcony and she looked out into the street and there were these big, tall demons out in the street and they were angry because they had been cast out of the house and now couldn't come back in. Now what makes this exciting is that the woman didn't know what we had done. She didn't know we had gone and brought the light of Christ to that house. She just threw the demons out there. And how angry they were. Well, I like that. But then there was the house. And, and she also said, I still, I still hear this gamelan music. And it's coming from the toilet room. Now, you see, we have more stuff in our bathrooms than the toilet. But there, the only thing they had in that room was a toilet. And when I did the house blessing, it never dawned on me to bless the toilet room. <laughs> and that's where the demons had taken up residence. See, they didn't care where they lived. So we got the candle, went in, flashed the light of Christ into the toilet room, read the Bible, and prayed, and they were gone. Because wherever there was light, good things happen. Today, Sarah Necrobeki will be baptized. She's been a disciple of Jesus a long time. She's walked with the Lord a long time and has now finally decided publicly to identify herself with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're so proud for her and for Tim. It's a big day in your spiritual life. It changes nothing and it changes everything. One of the things that will happen is that Sarah will get a candle and we'll light this candle and we'll give it to her and we'll say to her, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to God. But this candle will serve an additional purpose because if there's any darkness in your lives. Things are going bad. You're having a struggle. What you do, you get out this candle and light it. Because where there's light, good things happen. You can say that the goal of the Christian church, the purpose of the Christian church, is to bring people 
to the light. Because we know stuff. The church knows stuff about reality. The church knows stuff about God. Now that may sound a little self-centered, a little arrogant. I don't think so. I've said here before, the church is in the news business. We have news to share with the world. And when you accept that news, it brings you into the light. The good news of Jesus Christ brings you into the light and you understand all of creation. You know who the creator of the universe is. And so the purpose of this church is to be a light. But you know, light, when you, when you live used to living in the dark for a long time, light hurts your eyes. When you get strong light in your eyes, what do you do? You cover your eyes, you turn your head. It's happened so many times over the years that when I've shared the light with people, especially men, but shared the light with people, they've turned their eyes, they've covered their eyes, because the light hurts. Because the light exposes them. Exposes their sin, exposes their ignorance. The light challenges what they think they believe. And sometimes that light is so painful, they just won't let it shine into their lives. And that's always a disappointment to me when people will not accept the light and the good things that the light brings. But this is not a new problem. St. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, wrote this. Even if our gospel is veiled, that is to say, he was preaching and a lot of people were not listening. They were not accepting the light. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The same demons that were out there in the street are working to keep people blind so that they don't see the light and don't know Jesus Christ. As I look around at society today, I see a lot of nice people walking in the darkness. There's a lot of nice people out there. I'm not saying they're not nice people. But they're walking in darkness because they turn their backs on the light. They don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear about the cross. They don't want to hear about the love of God. They don't want to hear about the forgiveness of sins. They don't want to hear about obedience to the will of God. They want to go their own way and that's just fine. No, it's not fine. There are a lot of nice people out there walking in the darkness and don't know they're in the darkness. And that's sad. 
when I look at the stuff on TV and in the movies and whatever, I see a lot of darkness. Anybody else see darkness? It's terrible. And the people who watch that stuff and approve of that stuff are also in the darkness. Because so much of what we see today is not the will of God, but is darkness itself. But here, here, this is an outpost of light. This church is made up of like-minded people who have seen the light and accepted the light. We are light livers, not darkness dwellers. We are light walkers, not darkness lovers. We don't walk perfectly in the light. I understand that. But we want to. And our responsibility here, amongst all the things we do, is somehow to bring men and women and boys and girls from the darkness out there to the light that is here. Here is what St. Peter, writing to another church in, in, in Turkey, here is how Peter describes us. You are a chosen race. This is to you now, to us. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's own people. In order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him, now get this, the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Where there is light, good things happen. We have to let our light shine. Amen.